Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns, and enjoy this shit show. Here with Crow. Hello. And we have guests in the bunker today. Special guests. You've, uh, if you've listened to every episode, this is a deep cut here, but uh, we, had a, we had a special caller, one of our earlier episodes, uh, Sparrowhawk, called in and had some things to say. And we thought, you know what? We liked what he had to say. Let's, uh, let's bring him in and, and hear, hear some more from Sparrowhawk. So, Sparrowhawk, say hi. Hello, hello. <laughs> Talking to your mic, you... Hello, hello. So unprofessional. <laughs> I know. It's oh, like it's, Why do we even bring him in? It's like it's his first time doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, he's not wearing headphones. What? It, it helps you monitor your, your uh, the loudness of your voice in case Sorry, nobody, I didn't hear you. nobody knew that. You know. <laughs> um, All right. So you got a couple topics you want to Yeah, get we want to jump right in here. So um, <clears throat> this is an article from, oh, Infowars.com. Oh. So you know. Throw it out. <laughs> So, it out. It's no good. so you know it's nothing but conspiracy. Yeah. This is uh, Paul Joseph Watson. He's a YouTuber. Um, he's he's affiliated with Infowars, um, and but he does his own thing. Basically, he does, has his own like maybe six to eight minute kind of YouTube show where he just talks about issues. Yeah, but he's uh, he's employed by that Russian bot conspiracy theorist uh, Alex Jones. Right. Uh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, we won't. We won't even explain that. We'll just keep going. So I peed a little. <laughs> yeah, I sphinctered up on that one. Uh, old photo of soot-covered coal miners is racist blackface. Says offended idiot. Just when he thought snowflakes couldn't get any more pathetic. So, uh, Phoenix restaurant says that they're a photo of coal miners. Um, uh, is is has been there forever and some uh person came in there and it was a reporter wasn't it yeah it was an probably opinion contributor jim acosta an opinion contributor named rashad thomas uh and he this is his headline phoenix restaurant says this is a photo of coal miners but i see offensive blackface so uh, an opinion columnist for the arizona, arizona republic newspaper penned an article in which he claimed that an old photograph of coal miners covered in soot was racist because it reminded him of offensive blackface so it's like from the 1920s or 30s, maybe 40s. I can't remember, but they all kind of came right out of the mine and went to the bar, local bar, and they were all just covered in soot. And someone took a picture of it because, you know, that looks very amusing. You're leaving out a very important part of the story, though. You're leaving out the about the part where after these depression area workers left the coal mine, they said, guys, wouldn't it be funny if we smeared coal all over our faces and went to the bar like that. Well, yeah, and they actually had like an old style recording phonograph and they all sang, Mammy. Yeah. They said, <laughs> we really want to make the Negroes angry. <laughs> so we're going to go to that bar that they can't go into. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to pretend we're them. Won't that be a hoot? Here's another article written by Kay Walker from Clash Daily. I have no idea what this, this just popped up when I searched for it. So uh, the social justice warrior was triggered by this photo for an absolutely ridiculous reason, and he defended his offense. Here's the 411. An opinion contributor to Arizona Central wrote a piece uh, on his shock at the problematic photograph at a downtown Phoenix restaurant. Rashad Thomas, whose bio on AC Central says that he is a husband, father, a veteran of the U.S. Air Force, a poet, an essayist. Um, in the piece titled... Phoenix Restaurant says this is a photo of coal miners, but I see offensive blackface. He writes about how he stumbled across the oppressive picture as he was attending a holiday party some weeks ago. He was taken aback, so he asked some other people what they saw in the photo. Friends said, it's coal miners at a pub after work. It was a photograph of coal miners with blackened faces. I asked a Latinx. That's that's the very progressive way of saying Latino, Latina, without saying either gender. So Wait, a, a, a Latinx. Hold on. Okay. I don't know. I think you're supposed to say Latinx instead of Latinx, but anyways, Latinx. So, and a white woman, for their opinion, they said it looked like coal miners at a pub after work. Then they stepped back, frowned, and said, it's men in blackface. 
I asked the waitress to speak with a manager. Instead, I spoke with a white restaurant owner. I explained to him why the photograph was offensive. Evidently, someone else made a similar comment about the photograph before. Yet, the photograph remained on the wall. He said he would talk to other owners and get back to me. While leaving, I asked him if he had spoke with other owners. He had not spoken with them, but mentioned Google said it's coal miners after work. So this this owner, this white devil. You mean white. White devil decided that he would um, humor this this black man and tell him that he would talk to somebody. But he didn't run off and pick up a phone and call someone. He just he just stood there and exactly. let the man finish his meal. Sparrow is that, Hawk, is what, that what the Latin tinkle said? <laughs> the Latin tinkle? Yeah, I don't, I, they're not, you know, he said he asked, asked the, the, the Latinks and a white woman for their, their opinion, but I don't know which one said what, because he just said they, which is very dismissive. Well, no, but they is the proper term, you know. Mm, they, you them, Z, Z, Yeah, you can't misgender people now. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. This uh, was, nobody have you seen what, this picture, Rooster? Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's a bunch of, obviously, white men in blackface singing Mammy. <laughs> I mean, they're all smiling. Look at this one's in the middle of saying, Mammy. You know you why they're it. smiling? Because they're not in look the it. coal mine. Dude, it's obvious this guy made his, look at, he wiped his lips to make it look like blackface. Yeah, he didn't wipe his lips after drinking. And right. Just wiping his <laughs> right. face off. No. Right. So this is, this is, uh, this is actually strange. Why are they all but, wearing tuxedos and bow ties, though? And, and you know what? <laughs> this woman here, this, this must be a Latinx, Latinx woman in the corner of the picture here. There's a white woman in a white dress that has no coal on her. So she is, this is problematic. So why is this white woman here? Wait a second. Is that a cross on the picture I see, too? Oh, God. Oh, wait. Here's a fellow. There's another fellow that's not in blackface, so he's just enjoying the blackface. Okay, so there's all kinds of problematic here. So those people who didn't join in are just mocking black people, right? Yes. Yep. So here's the thing: the the he he asked the restaurant owner to what to talk to other. He said he would talk to other owners and get back to him, and so he expected before his meal was over that this would all you know that he would have a, a powwow. With the other, oh, Ooh, see, see what I just did there. Oh shit! You miss you. What is that? If you miss race somebody, yeah, that was all kinds of wrong, wasn't it? Uh, I need to apologize, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I okay. mean, let's hear it. Are you going to accept my apology? Uh, I don't believe that I am qualified to accept <laughs> your apology. <laughs> well, I, how do you how do you identify today? My it's well, it's I my white guilt is telling you you need to apologize. Okay. But my white guilt also tells me that I can't accept your apology. I'm going to identify as a black lesbian, so I don't need to apologize. Aren't you? Aren't you disabled too? Yep, mentally Sorry. and physically. Differently able. Okay. So he uh, took offense to the photo, and then he admitted he knows it's a pe- it's a picture of of guys that are just coal miners. He knows it. He does it because of the heading under the picture that said coal yeah. miners 1934 or something like that. But he goes, the fact is the photograph shows coal miners face is covered in soot, but the context is not the issue. So he says the actual context of the photograph is not the issue. It's the perception, his perception. That's the issue. So as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong. If either of you know, the whole point of blackface was that they wouldn't hire black actors so they used white actors in blackface to depict black people in a bad way, right? Isn't that what it was? Sort of a vaudeville kind of thing? Yeah. That's what I thought. So these coal miners, having just gotten off work, breathing coal dust and all that stuff, went to the bar and decided to costume up and do a, do a little dance or whatever about these black people they were mocking somewhere. <laughs> I don't know, um, Sparrowhawk. I just want to know: has the picture been taken down yet? That's that's where I'm getting to here. I think um, there's a there's a lot uh, to there's a lot to this article. But the funny thing about this is, again, they're coal miners. I'm guessing this picture is roughly between 1930 and 1950 kind of range, because that's when they did a lot of this, a lot of the coal mining like that, right? So at the time. Black people couldn't have those jobs because of segregation. Wouldn't black people have wanted to have coal mining jobs at that point? Sure. Wouldn't they? Yeah. So I, I don't understand this. Basically, they have, they have blacks excluded from this, and they're going to they're gonna play black coal miners 
to to entertain this white woman and this other white guy? I I don't get what would be the point of blackface in this. In this so point? if we're being in all seriousness here, um, he admits he knows that it's just white coal miners that had coal dust on their face. He knows this, but, but he that, can't. But he that, can't back down now. But to him, if that's not the point. The point is that his perception of it, he felt uncomfortable, and it's all about. This is a, a white man you're talking about. No, no, the 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 black guy, the the black um, guy that wrote the article. Okay, so he's black, right? Do you know that he's black, or are you just going by the fact that he's named Jamar? <laughs> <laughs> because you have stereotypes, sir. I am. My white guilt tells me once again I'm offended. He is, or that a, I should be offended. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't read anywhere here that it says specifically that he's black or even or even African-American. I am offended on behalf of people I've never met who I know that you have uh, you have dismissed with this. OK, so you must apologize to those people I've never met. OK, I'll, I'll get around to that. OK, eventually. Is that today or <laughs> do you want me to just wait for the manager? <laughs> I'll get back to you. I'll get back okay. to you. All right, are you satisfied end, with that answer? No, by the end of this, I want to know that you've apologized. Okay. So, that, I mean, just goes to show you that, I mean, for one, don't, don't back down when this kind of shit happens to you at your, if you're at your place of business. Um, don't, don't ever apologize and don't, the customer is not always right. Don't do this. This is, it's not going to go well for you. It'll go better for you if you, if you just laugh, laugh at his face and go, yeah, that's a joke, right? And he goes, no, it's not a joke. Then tell him to get the fuck out. That'll go better for you than to go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Should I write an apology letter? Should I put it? Should I post it in the newspaper? Well, because no matter what you do, it's not going to be good enough. Well, I mean, the whole thing with SJWs is all they want you to do is apologize because well, that's not all they want. I mean, they want to go, destroy if you, you go in the back and put blackface on and come out with a tuxedo and a bow tie on and start saying, <laughs> Mame. I mean, will it distract from the picture and you go, this is racist. Or didn't really forget what you're yeah. saying. This is racist. This is blackface. Yeah. <laughs> that is white let me, men. Let me show you. Cold dust. Do, let me show you how to do blackface. <laughs> Can you imagine? Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my right time gal. <laughs> if the manager just went, no, that's not blackface. Let me show you blackface. <laughs> Oh, I, I think that's what it would take. I really yeah. do. I mean, it would actually would be great. But I, my point is that the SJWs just want to cut you from the herd. They want you to apologize so that they can shame you. But they don't stop at that point. It's not good enough. It's a power. It's a power play. It. It's a. It's a way for them to feel powerful because they, for one, it it puts them in the limelight as with their oppression points because they they show everybody that they're that they're at a level in their oppression points that they can they can force a white person to capitulate to them by 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 you know they're not just oppressed people they've got power over white people and, and they're they showing it put his tail between his right. legs and they want to show that they've done that it's it's a power trip is what it is well yeah and it's and i'm going to use a word here that's probably going to trigger both of you but i don't mean it in the way you think it's it's bullying and I don't mean bullying in the sense of calling it out, saying, you can't do that. It's the mass of these people trying to bully this guy into taking the picture down and admitting he was wrong. That's what they're trying to do. And what he should be saying instead is to just say, I'm not doing it. Bullying. Are you wearing a man bun? By yes, chance? I, I didn't. It, I haven't seen the back of your head. Are, yeah. your, are your hands moisturized? <laughs> yes, they are. Very much so. No, but my point is. Do you wear chapstick or lip balm? Uh, both. I, I like Layers? To, you layer it? Well, I want to keep it equal, so I put one on my top lip and one on my bottom. And I switch every day. Okay. So, right. no, I, I mean, they will they will bitch about bullying and saying, hey, two people ganging up on someone is bullying. But yet they'll get this whole crowd and do it. And my feeling is, look, the world needs bullies. It needs people to sort of stand in your way and test what you believe and everything. Um, well, also, to, to just for social. they're doing it. Just for a cohesive social structure, you need it too. You can't have every weirdo doing every weird fucking thing that strikes their fancy and fucking with society and getting away with it. You have to you have to tell people that there's there's a there's a norm that you have to. I mean, there's a there's a variance. It's not just a straight line. You know, there's a variance. But when you get outside, just way outside, people have to tell you, hey, step back in line. You're you're you're. You're being disruptive. You're Did not. You just say step back in line. Oh shit! Did I? 
God, you're just man. I'm embarrassed for you. Yeah, this is bad. I, I will. I will look into that and I'll get back to you with my apology. All right. Oh, look, a quick table topic. What is a cuck? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not a crow. <laughs> well, what I mean in the this is the grown up equivalent of give me your milk money. That's what this guy's saying. Yeah, he's saying, you know what? Do this. Take that picture down because I can make you. I'm going to throw this out to the world. He, he, this guy is not relevant. He, he's a contributor that and a poet, supposedly. Yeah, who cares? Um, and, and he's a guy that just feels marginalized because he just doesn't have the amount of talent or drive or motivation. or he's, He hasn't amounted to much of anything. And he just wants to get something on somebody to feel better about himself. That's what it comes down to. Well, my point is, though, if you cave in and say, all right, I'll take the picture down, then he'll be like, yeah, okay. I'll be back tomorrow for more of your milk money. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just say, I'm not taking a picture down. Come and get it. Yeah. You know, those guys don't know how to face face up to that stuff. They don't. I think what bothers me most is the people that were never offended by this picture that now suddenly are going to be so offended Absolutely. by this picture. Right, because you can see his side. Yes. Which yeah. is what this guy wants. Well, you yeah, know what he, it's done? It's triggered their white guilt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you the, go again. I was talking about, you know, black people being offended. You're talking about white people being offended. Now well, you need to apologize because what about assumed. the Asians? Yeah. No, I don't have to apologize because my white guilt came out. Uh-huh. You know, I am I am a I am apology. Instantly, you thought guilt. about how you felt guilty about the picture. I was thinking about other black folks being guilty. Looking. Oh, at but the, see, I can't that. I can't identify with other black folks. But, I don't have enough. But isn't the real question how do trans people feel about this? Well, I'm not intersectional enough to be able to tell you. <laughs> we are going off the rails here. Let's, uh, let's move did on to the next. Say, did you just say rails? Oh, shit. I'll get back you know, to you with an apology. You know, they sent you to the concentration camps and train cars. Right. I'm going to look into this, and I will get back to you with an apology. Uh, <laughs> on to the next subject. Uh, we were going to talk about the raid. Roger Stone is a was a lawyer and a confidant of Trump, right? I mean, that, what, that MAGA hat wearing racist. What is Roger Stone's like? What what was his? What did he do for Trump, or what what was he known for? Uh, I don't know. I think he was the Trump puppet master, or something like that. You know, for the New World Order. Do you, do you know Sparrowhawk? Have you heard of this Roger Stone? From what I, from the way it went down, I'm assuming he was some kind of a ninja samurai warrior. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He was just. I mean, he was just like an advisor. And okay, so yeah, exactly. So so Sparrowhawk brought this up. That what went down was the FBI did a raid on Roger Stone's home. Twenty-seven uh, a pre- agents. A pre-dawn raid. Guns it was drawn, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. SWAT gear, all all swatted up. Um, it was. It at least it wasn't. It wasn't a no-knock raid. At least there's that going for them. Yeah, but it wasn't like they went, uh, sir. We're the FBI. Could you no, it was come a out here for Open the fucking door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I forgot. They prefaced it with the FBI. So, but uh, he, you know, they 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 cuffed him. They they sw- uh, swooped in there like a like a. His family was all home too, right? I mean, I think so. Or, was, I mean, he was, it was like five in the morning. Yeah, he was in his uh, his you know pajamas or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. He he's not a flight risk. He's not dangerous that they know of. Uh, the only reason you do the 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 FBI would do a, a full riot gear you know pre dawn raid like this is if they believe this person would destroy evidence or flee. Right mm-hmm. now he has known or, or if fight the FBI back. was a left wing organization. Yeah, control controlled by the deep state. Yeah, or that there could be that maybe. But the thing is. He's been on multiple news shows for the last more than a month talking about, yeah, they're going to come after me. They're, 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 they're going to come after me. They're going to try to indict me. They're going to try to do this. I get it. That they're, that's just part of the deal for, for being friends with Trump. So he's been basically saying, yeah, I know it's going to happen. So he knew it was coming. If he wanted to erase evidence, he'd have done it by now. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was going to be a flight risk, he'd have done it by now. Mm-hmm. If he was gonna, you know, be a, a crazed criminal and and have a, you know, have a you know, a bunch of weapons in his home and be ready for him, it, that would have come out in interviews with him that he, that he's unhinged. Well, but you know why they basically almost kicked in his door? I mean, you know what his crime was, right? He he lied to Congress. Well, I mean, every can't. every school shooter has done that. Well, you know, yeah. So they're dangerous people. Yeah. Well, and you I heard Timothy McVeigh lied to Congress before he blew up that Oklahoma City building. Yeah, and you can't do that. Yeah, well, you know, 
Well, Hillary never lied to Congress. And that's why they never pre-dawn raided her home. Yes, exactly. Because mm-hmm. she's, she's not a liar. Like Roger Stone is yeah, a liar. Exactly. So this just so, shows... You know why they, why they raided like that? It was because the sheep that watch CNN and MSNBC, they follow nothing that goes on beforehand. They just know that suddenly somebody that's related to Donald Trump just got raided, guns drawn. Yeah. They don't do that just for nobody. Yeah, he's friends with Orange Man. Orange Man bad. Oh, wait. When they say, they're talking about Trump when they say Orange Man. Yeah. I get all those jokes now. <laughs> so so here's the thing. Here's what they're doing. It's it's a show of force. It's just more of the same of what's been happening since before Trump was elected. Is anybody associated with Trump, they are, it's an intimidation tactic. It's to say, hey, if you if you're helping Trump, if you're involved with Trump, we're coming after you. And you know, uh, and a lot of these guys that have money, they've got skeletons in the closet, and and there's things that they anybody has done with money has probably done something that could be semi illegal without even knowing they've done it. Even you and you and me, even people without millions of dollars have done illegal things without knowing it. Have have, and so if the FBI comes comes to your house and says. Uh, you know, did you know that such and such date? The, what did you say to such and such person in this text on such and such date? And you go, well, I think I said, I think I said this, and you're off on what you said. Um, that's that's you. That's that's you committing a crime or or, or or lying. So I mean, they they can they do that to intimidate everybody associated with Trump so that he can't get people around him that he wants because they're like, fuck this, I'm not going to ruin my life, and so he's stuck with people around him that he really doesn't trust at this point. There's a lot of deep state actors in his intelligence community. Um, the people that he has working for him, half of those people hate him. And and so he, and he has, he has to have somebody. He can't just go without people in these positions. So that's, that's the thing. It's, he does, there's not enough people that, that he can trust and people that he can trust. They know they're going to be targets of this kind of shit from, from the, the swamp. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really shitty targeting scheme that seems to be working. Well, I'm just having problems with the whole double standard and the stuff. Do you remember, who was the the gal from the IRS? The yeah, uh, 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 Lois Lerner. Lois Lerner. Yep. So Trey oh. Gowdy pointed this out. This oh, dude. So when she got up there and said, uh, "I didn't have anything to do with this," or or she said, "I you know, on advice of counsel, I plead the fifth, you know, but I'm innocent of this." Trey Gowdy goes, "You just testified." You yeah, can't when you take said, the fifth yeah. at this point. As soon as you said that, you testified. And the committee wouldn't go after her. Right. It's like you can't. She's so, the one. And explain what she did. She she was uh, under her. Um, watchful eye. Yeah. Uh, um, the, the IRS was going after the all these organizations. 501c3. 501c, yeah, these, these organizations that were. Um, non, yeah. Right. Political action committees, nonprofit groups. That weren't, they, went, t- they weren't associated or weren't tied politically. Right wing. And right. Went conservative after values, ones, basically. Ones with words like patriot mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so she, what she was doing was she was, she was sending the full force of the government after these people to harass and, well, she, and she shut them down. She didn't know about it. It was just a couple rogue agents in the Cincinnati office. Yeah, sure. Which turns out wasn't true. But the point was she can't do what she was doing. And so Roger Stone, who... If you listen to Alan Dershowitz talk about the indictment, there's no real crime in there. He, he lied to Congress, supposedly, right? I mean, Dershowitz explains this way more eloquently than I ever could. But he basically went point by point through it saying, this is not a very legit, it, it basically implies a lot of crime. And he said, you know, and I, I encourage anybody who's interested to go listen to you know, on YouTube of Dershowitz breaking this down, but he's basically saying there's there's nothing really serious in here. But yet, when Roger Stone is standing there in court, the media makes a point of saying, "Oh, the normally dapper uh, dressed Roger Stone was standing there in a polo shirt and jeans." Well, yeah, because the FBI came in and probably said, "Throw some clothes on, you're going." Right. But he's shackled. I didn't he even was, see this. He was shackled. They had him yeah, shackled. They had him shackled. I mean, this is what I was saying. I mean, handcuffs this, this, at the waist. What is he going to do? This is political intimidation. It's, it's yeah. pure and simple is what this is. They didn't go after. They, they had kids gloves with Hillary and everybody associated with Hillary. Uh, did they do a pre-dawn raid of Uma Abedin or uh, what's uh, what's the Anthony Weiner's, uh Now, Weiner got arrested and indicted, but you didn't went see, to jail. You didn't see uh, this this uh, circus show 
um, showing that they went and did a pre-dawn raid to get his to get his computer and all that kind of stuff. It this was all done like on the down low. Well, that's because Comey was supporting Trump at the time. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, it, it's disgusting. It's so blatant what they're doing that you can't you can't be associated with Trump anymore because this is what they'll do to you. And wait, for those who don't, who's Trump again? Orange man, bad. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, and so he's um, he's gonna go through this whole process, and they're not gonna find anything. There's a writer too that uh, they claim got him some of this WikiLeaks stuff. I can't remember this guy's name, but he's he's been interviewed several times. He goes, "They're coming for me too." Yeah, because he went and, and picked up some of the stuff from Assange's. But he didn't. He just passed on the email, yeah, which there's nothing illegal about it. But they'll figure out how to. To, to make it at least look that way or figure out a way to, to catch him in something. The scope of this fucking investigation has gotten so out of whack and, and I, I just don't understand how they can keep going with this kind of stuff and just picking stuff left, you know, that has nothing to do with the original um, investigation. Well, I saw this thing, you know, which what? was Russian collusion, which was collusion is not even a fucking crime. So, you know, uh, this um, what a cesspool uh, Facebook can turn into sometimes. You see friends of friends posting stuff, and one of these women on uh, friends page posted this whole thing about you know Hillary Clinton after Benghazi and all this never been indicted, and then they listed the Trump indictments about Manafort and all of these, and you see this whole list of Russian names. There's like 28 of them. They say, look at all these Russian people that were indicted. Yeah, they were. They're Russian hackers. They have nothing to do with Trump. They have no affiliation with him. The Justice Department admits that. But as a peripheral arm of this investigation where they're looking into the collusion, they found these Russian hackers who were just unrelated to Trump, just trying to influence the election. Yeah. And so they indicted them. And they're saying, well, see, that that the news is reporting it, especially CNN and MSNBC is reporting it as, well, all of these Russians have been indicted and they're after Trump for Russian collusion. Yeah, they're Russians. They have nothing to do with it. The Justice Department admits it, but the optics of it look bad. And Manafort, yeah, Manafort's being indicted for stuff that happened before he was dealing with Trump for tax evasion. Yeah. Michael Cohen, same thing. I mean, he's claiming he has tapes that say Trump said, oh, pay him off. Where are they? And at this point, I, I, I don't I, I don't even give a shit if, if these guys committed crimes before or whatever. I, I just don't care because they've made it to the point where it's it's you, you know, it's such a fucking witch hunt that whatever they come up with, either I'm going to say it's bullshit or if it's true, I'm gonna be like, I don't, I don't fucking care. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. Right. So and well, the person I saw post this was a uh, it's just a pet peeve of mine. You see a ton of this stuff. She's a woman who posted on there and her description i don't know her her description on her facebook page was 99 percent beast and i just want to go look you fat cow because she was yes i just slay you you aren't a beast mm -hmm. just because you type mean things on a on a keyboard doesn't make you a beast just because you say stuff that people go yeah you go girl mm -hmm. doesn't make you a mm -hmm. beast it makes you Food for the zombie apocalypse. That's what it makes you. <laughs> you know, you are not a beast. Yeah. You're not. I, there was another woman I saw type something like this, and someone goes, "You are so fierce, girl. You're not fierce. You're some jackass with a keyboard who's just typing nonsense." Yeah. You know, it just. It's like you're a trained monkey. You're just gonna sit there and hammer at the keyboard. Orange man, bad. Yep. You know. Well, let's uh, move on to some table topics, and we're going to bring in another special guest for these table topics. How's that sound? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pronouncing the name. Uh, it's Whipperwill. Say hi, Whipperwill. Hello. <laughs> All right, so you ready for some table topics? Okay. All right. All right. What indulgence would you enjoy if there were no consequences? Do you know what indulgence is, Whipperwill? Nope. Uh, thing you want to do. Like, what would you do if, you know, something that's like a like guilty pleasure? Yeah, if you couldn't get in trouble, what thing would you do? Hmm. Like Ding Dong Ditch? The whole neighborhood? No. I don't know. A flaming bag of poo on, on uh, all your neighbor's do uh, doorsteps? No. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'd do. I would lie to Congress. 
Uh, how about like just uh, eat a whole whole bowl of uh, cookie batter? Ooh, that would be good. Yeah. yeah that's that's an indulgence. Cookie and y- and your mom and dad wouldn't get mad and you and wouldn't, wouldn't throw get sick. Up. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah, I think that's what I do. Yeah. How, how about uh, how about you, Sparehawk? Nothing that I want to do that I haven't done already. Ooh. That I didn't get in trouble for. I haven't. Ooh, sassy. Ooh, I think I want to know more. <laughs> uh, rooster. No, you first. What was the question? <laughs> what <laughs> indulgence would you do if you knew there'd be no consequences? Um, probably targeted murder of um political wow. dissidents. <laughs> we went a long way from cookie batter to targeted murder. <laughs> and you. <laughs> And you, Rooster? I don't know if I can top that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, I would indulge my 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 murderous fantasies. Of course, that would be my number one, um, you know, um, indulgence. I don't know if I would murder anybody. I'm just ripping the spine out of somebody I really hate, and then using their spine and head as a cudgel to beat the death of somebody else I hated. <laughs> okay. Some, some along those lines. You, I'll have to think about it a little bit more. Something tells me you put some thought into that. <laughs> when we say consequences, do we mean like if you did something dangerous, you couldn't get hurt? Or are we just talking about like... Yeah, 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 no, yeah. We're talking about that. I'd like to go like base jumping just like without a parachute or something. Just once. Oh. And like hit the ground and pop up and go, oh, that stings. Do you think have everybody just go, oh my God. Even if you actually knew you were invulnerable and couldn't get hurt, do you think you could go through with it? I don't think I could. I don't know. Like I, base jump? Maybe base I jump, like jump off push. a jump off like a a cliff, and just without a parachute, and then land flat like on your face, knowing that it's not going to hurt you. You still you wouldn't be able to do that. Like jump off a tall building and be like, you couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. You'd get there and you'd be like, I know, I know this isn't. I know it's not going to hurt me, but I just, I can't do this. I would have had to have like jumped off some smaller stuff, and you know that I knew what it killed me. <laughs> Work your way up. Yeah, just like you know, <laughs> that's probably the way. You'd have to like go. jump off a thirty foot building and hit the ground and be like, well, that's. Done, I, I mean, I've even had dreams. I think where I knew I was dreaming and I didn't want to jump off something because I, you know, because I was going to try to fly, but I'm like, what if I fall? Yeah, I know it's a dream, but still, what if I fall? It might hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I w- and you know I my fear of heights is so bad. If you see like those uh, those GoPro videos or like you know near death experiences, and it's got like the guy standing on the edge of something oh. doing a backflip, I'm like I can't even watch yeah. it. I can't even though I know the guy's gonna be okay. I can't watch it. My fear of heights is that bad. But it's almost like I don't want to do it to overcome the fear. I want to do it just to have somebody like see me hitting the ground and popping up and going, eh, I'm alright. Well, in those videos you say you, you don't want to watch because you know it's gonna be okay. Well, I. I see the videos where they go, just moments before their death, this happened. <laughs> and those are the ones I want to watch. And it turns out it's bullshit because they don't show you. Yeah, but, I mean, you want to beat people to death with the spine of other human beings. So, I mean. Attach the skull. So, it's yeah. like a kind of like a flail. All right. Next. Paint yourself green. Ooh. Run through an Antifa crowd with a MAGA hat on and just rampage. Just <laughs> That'd be a good one. Just go crazy. That'd be a good one. Why green? The Hulk. Oh, Okay. All right. Uh, what movie made you laugh until you cried? Oh, that's a good one. Have you, uh, uh, Whippoorwill, have you ever laughed so hard you cried watching a movie? Could it be a show? Yeah. Impractical Jokers. Oh, that's a good one. If that's you guys a, haven't watched that. That's a smart kid there. Yeah, that's a really good one. That, and that, that, like, multiple times during a show, you'll laugh till you cry. Because it's that good. If you haven't seen Impractical Jokers, it's a group of five, got four guys that go around like doing uh it's like pranks but they prank they, they don't they do challenges for each other that are embarrassing and they have to go through with it because by the end of the show if they haven't gone through with it, these challenges they have to do this really super embarrassing challenge for the loser and it's always really good so it's a good show if you haven't seen it i think the last time i laughed until i cried watching a movie i was i was home from college over the summer and i was watching um monty python's meaning of life and it's the scene where Mr. Creosote throws up in the in the restaurant. You seen that one? I don't even recall that. Oh my god. I laughed I laughed so hard. Huh. I was downstairs in my parents' house. My dad got up and came downstairs and goes, Are you okay? I was on the I was literally on the ground laughing so hard. Huh. Can you think of one uh sparrow hug? Yeah, the last time I cried i was laughing so hard was daddy's home oh god yes yeah if you haven't and seen daddy's the, home with mark Wahlberg scene that i laughed was when will ferrell 
actually finally decides to punch Mark Wahlberg's <laughs> character in the face. And I rewound it, and I laughed so loud. I laughed so hard, and I cried three or four times. And then I showed my wife, and she was like, eh, wasn't funny. <laughs> of course, of course not. Yeah, that was a pretty funny movie. How about you? Um, I mean, that's one of them. I mean, I actually laughed, laughed pretty hard in that um, Daddy's Home. That's one of my favorite comedies. Um, I think uh, What We Do in the Shadows had a few scenes that made me laugh pretty pretty hard till i think i i think i teared up on a couple of those too that's oh, the why the vampires living together yeah, this is making a show about that now is yeah the, they are, are they? yeah they are I this is know. another reason why you can't let crow pick movies for you it's you didn't just, like that i didn't go away I, you go I away now i laughed it was funny I thought it, it, was it had funny I, I parts cry, to it i laughed there was funny the, parts oh, to it but, okay uh, whatever the most i've laughed recently was not a show do you guys know burt crusher the comedian yeah He's the funniest human being I've ever seen. He's got. Well, right now, that's a whole different. Yeah, I'm just saying that's the most I can remember laughing recently. That was his whole thing about the Russian mafia, the machine. If you haven't yeah. seen it, watch it. It's funny. And then another one that you laugh at is always sunny. There's always one. That you, there's always a scene in Always Sunny <laughs> that you're crying when you're laughing. Yeah, the TV show Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yep. Who's the little guy who was in um, Horrible Bosses from that show? Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. He's hilarious. Yeah. He's good in everything. Well, like, all everybody in that and all these sunnier. I mean, every Dan DeVito's in it. He's funny. Yeah. All right. What advice would you appreciate from a happy and successful eighty-year-old? What advice would I appreciate? Probably every bit of advice if he's happy and successful, or she. I don't want to be sexist here. <laughs> all of it. Everything? Yeah. I mean, I would appreciate every bit of advice. Would you? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you told me how to go and take a successful and like a, a nice and, a, and a, a satisfying poop, I'd be like, hey, I appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks for that. I'll try yeah, but, it next time. But see, here's the thing. I know you, and it doesn't matter what advice they give you. You're not going to do it. You'd be like, eh, be yeah. Like, Meh, tried it. Wasn't, wasn't that great. <laughs> You'd be like, eh, it sounds it like worked it. worked for you. It doesn't mean you can't be appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> At least feign it. Yeah. Do you know what feign means? Sparrowhawk? <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> Pretend? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes. Fain, isn't that what you do when you see a, a picture of coal miners dressed in blackface? Yes. Oh, I, that's faint. Sorry. I, I deign to feign fainting. I, I don't know. Mm. I, there's lots of good advice I could take from a lot of people, but I don't. Yeah. What about I, you, Whipperwill? Any advice you would appreciate from an 80-year-old? A successful, happy 80-year-old? Would you, would you, what, what advice would you appreciate? How to... I don't know anything. Yeah. I would, I yeah. Don't you think? Don't you think every? Yeah. Don't you think anything they, they just, tell you would be worth? They just talk about <laughs> random stuff, and then it just you appreciate whatever they talk about. Cause when I was young, we used to wear beets on our belts. Yeah. So <laughs> they weren't just regular beets; they were boiled. This one time, after coming home from the coal mine, <laughs> we thought it'd be funny. Pose for a picture. What was the advice the most recent video just gave you? Oh, Nick. Uh, he. Oh, yeah. He's just like. <laughs> he said, don't do it? He's just like, don't get married until you're like 30 or 40. And because if you do, you're going to have to give half your happiness to the girl. And then she'll have all of her happiness plus half of your happiness. And you'll only have half of your happiness. Doesn't she give you any of her happiness? I don't know. He didn't say anything about that. <laughs> I think you should probably go back and ask him. I think I know the answer. <laughs> All right. Here's here's a good one. What's your most prized possession? Ooh. Your house is on fire. You can run in and get one thing. And, and not an animal. Yeah, not an animal. Because it's obviously. a family member. Right. So it's got to be an object. Yeah. I mean, it, it, don't say something like, oh, your health or whatever. Yeah, we get it. Boy, my, do you have one? I got to think about this. Do you have one already? Yeah, I went um, went to a baseball game with my dad when I was a uh, sophomore, junior in high school. Sophomore, and he, you know, I snuck out of school for it. He and I went down to the Metrodome, watched this Twins game, and uh, I had always wanted a foul ball, and my dad caught one <laughs> at that game, and uh, it was funny because it got hit toward us, and it was like one of those things that's coming toward us. It's like it's coming, it's coming, and you're like, holy shit, it's actually going to get here. 
and all these hands go up, and I just heard this smack. And my dad pulls his hand down, looks at me, and goes, ow. And he had caught that baseball. We're on the outfield, and it left stitch marks in his hand from where the ball got him. I still have that ball. I still have the ticket from it. And if my house is on fire, that would be the thing I'd go with, just because it's the physical representation of that memory. And I'm always going to have that. Yeah, mine's going to be way more shallow than that. What about what about you, Sparrowhawk? Probably my new Aloha Snack Bar t-shirt from Grunstown. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to go in and get your ammo before it cooks off, right, Crow? Well, I mean, no, that's all at the bottom of the lake. I had a, a tragic accident last, last year, last summer, and I went boating, and I brought all my guns and my ammo, and wouldn't you know, I capsized. It's all at the bottom of the lake, so no ammo, no guns. All right. Uh... I guess your mannequin. I'm trying. I mean, I have two mannequins. I have to decide which one I want. So they're creepy. Yeah, they're heavy. You need to let them both go in the fire. Yeah, Uh, maybe my Necronomicon. Your your suit of LARPing armor. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I've got a painting uh, from a friend that's really good um, professional painter um, that uh, he he gave to me, and I think that I'd probably grab that and take it. I would have thought there was a few flash drives. <laughs> not that it's not that it's worth a, a crap load. I mean, it's it's worth a lot, but just the fact that it was a friend of mine's that painted it. So, and he's a. It's not just an amateur; it's a professional painting. So, all right, Whipperwill. Uh, um, if I could take something, I'd probably take my cotton candy machine that I got for Christmas, or my ticket to um, Arizona that I got for Christmas. So, also, oh, you still be able to go to Arizona? You make sure you still had that ticket. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think the cotton candy machine would probably be a better bet because you could always get that ticket like reprinted online. So, I would I would go with I would if it fire time and you had to decide between the two, go for go for the cotton candy machine. Yeah. Or you can make enough cotton candy to buy a ticket to Arizona. Yeah, you can make you can just turn into a business. I could. Yep. Cotton candy and snow cones. There you go. I'll show up. All right. I got uh, one more topic I wanted to bring up. Okay. Uh, we both are big fans of Larry Korea. Did you see this um, recent author that he just posted on Facebook? She had a book that was going to be coming out. Uh, was it a young adult title or something? Is she Japanese or Chinese? Or something? I th- yeah, I think she's Chinese. I just saw, like, barely saw this. So I have no, really no idea what's going on. And so she's Chinese, and uh, she wrote, it sounds like I didn't hear about the book. I just saw the apology letter. It's a period piece, and it's got references to slavery which were factually correct in china at the time and the sjw's basically shouted her down like how dare she put that you know wrong think in a book so she wrote this her first novel and they basically shamed her into telling her publisher not to publish it and larry just went off about it here it is i have an article here for it from the new york times uh, young adult author pulls her debut after pre-publication accusations of racism. She's Chinese, by the way, yeah. I think. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce her name. Uh, Amelie? A-M-E-L-I-E? I don't know. Don't try. Wen Zhao. Yeah, we'll, we'll so screw The up. Asian part is easy. All right, so this week she announced that she was pulling her book because of objections that readers had raised over the novel's depictions of slavery. So she, last January, uh, she posted an ecstatic message on her website. Her debut young adult fantasy novel, Blood Air, had sold to a major children's publishing house in a three-book deal after a heated auction and was scheduled to be released in summer of 2019. And she, all caps, she wrote, I'm going to be a published author. But a year later, her nascent nascent career had stalled after some critics who read early review copies of the novel denounced the book as blatantly racist. This week, Ms. Zhao announced online that she was pulling the book because of objections that readers had raised over the novel's depictions of slavery. Here's a quote. It was never my intention to bring harm to any reader. Do not fucking apologize. Don't surrender. Okay. It was never my intention to bring harm to any reader of this value community, particularly those for whom I seek to write and empower, she wrote. As such, I have decided to ask my publisher not to publish Blood Air at this time. Miss Sal's publisher, uh, Delacorte Press, supported her choice to cancel the book's June release, but did not urge her to. 
Delacour still plans to publish the three books she is under contract for, including Blood Air, if Ms. Zhao decides she wants to release it at a later time. We respect Emil, Amelia's decision and look forward to continuing our publishing relationship with Random House Children's Books. Um, the parent company said a statement. Um, blah, 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 blah. Oh, no. She goes to the book, and this is what she put on Twitter, to the book community, an apology. So, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to read the rest. That's a big, big old thing. Uh, it's, do you know what, what was so um, triggering? It was something about slavery, I think. But I think uh, it was slavery in China. Factual, though, you said. What's that? Based in fact, though, whatever it was. You said I, it was. I think so. All right. There's more. To, I guess you might as well read it. The controversy surrounding Blood Air and Mrs. L's swift and dramatic decision to withdraw the work just months before publication has further fueled a skirmish in the world of young adult literature over racial representation, diversity, and cultural appropriation. Um, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to see what it, uh, what it says about the book, but it's not. It's just saying other books. Um, in 2016, a picture book titled A Birthday Cake for George Washington was withdrawn from stores after critics complained that it glossed over the horrors of slavery. Because, you know, a children's book called the Birth- A Birthday Cake for George Washington has to show the horrors of slavery. I mean, they might as well put some rape in there, too, while they're at it, right? Yeah. For children? Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> a similar scandal engulfed the 2015 picture book A Fine Dessert, which depicted an enslaved mother and daughter hiding in a cupboard, cupboard and cheerfully licking a bowl of batter clean. The author, Emily Jenkins, Jenkins, apologized and donated her earnings to We Need Diverse Books, a nonprofit that promotes diversity in children's publishing. Uh, in 2017, Laura Moriarty's dystopian novel, American Heart, was savaged months before its release, released by readers who said Miss Moriarty had peddled a white savior narrative in her depiction of a future America where Muslims are placed in internment camps. If that happens, you know who's going to do it? If you put Muslims in internment camps? Historically speaking, you know who's going to do it? Other Muslims? No, the Democrats. Oh, yeah. I'm still not seeing where, I mean, I'm not seeing in this article where what she did or what she wrote. Look, it doesn't matter. The most important part is that she's sorry for her wrong thing. Here it is, sorry. So on her website, she described how Blood Air, which takes place in a fictional Kirlian empire where a group of powerful people called Aphanites are feared and enslaved, drew on real-world issues, including the demonization of the other and this experience of not belonging. She sounds like she's got kind of SJW leanings herself. I don't know. Maybe. Who cares? Okay, yeah, here, here we go. Here's what she says. As a foreigner in Trump's America, I've been called names and fake. You know what? Fuck her. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> As a foreigner in Trump's, foreigner in Trump's America, America, I've been called names. And faced unpleasant remarks. Yeah, probably by Democrats. And as a because she's Asian, and the Democrats hate Asians. Uh, and as a non-citizen, I felt like I have no voice, which is why I've channeled my anger, my frustration, and my need for action into the most powerful weapon I have: my words. She wrote on her website. Well, they aren't a powerful weapon if you surrender them that fast. Boom. So the mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so here we this go. This is just another <laughs> another story of the left eating their own. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. You know why? Yeah. You know why they're eating their own? Because the right refuses to be eaten at this point. The right yeah. is just yeah, saying they ha- you're right. They have to. Yeah, I mean, those are the people who are giving up, you know, and giving in because because it's right to do that. You know, if you offend someone, you should just apologize and kowtow and suck up and move on and just hope that the outrage mob doesn't target you. You know. All right, here's some of the actual critique. Uh, backlash began. I don't know why we're even talking about this anymore, but ba- a backlash began brewing this January when some readers posted blistering critiques on social media that criticized what they viewed as racial stereotypes and careless borrowing from other cultural traditions. The novel features a diverse cast, including a tawny-skinned minority of a Russian-esque princess, a disowned and dishonored Asian-esque assassin, assassin an Islander-Caribbean-esque child warrior, a Middle Eastern-esque Soldier, according to Ms. South's description of the novel on her website. Uh, others objecting to the way and she used slavery as a plot device. And, and uh, has nobody, how was nobody mentioning the anti-blackness and blatant big, bigotry in the book one reader wrote on Goodreads? This book is about slavery, a false oppression narrative that equates having legitimately dangerous magical powers that kill people with being an oppressed minority like a person of color. It's absolutely 
repulsive. Did, did I hear uh, a blatant I don't lack think, of I don't think any of us should talk about this until we draw salad. a nice warm bubble bath <laughs> and read this thing. Well, I we can talk about it. I mean, I'd first like to cry into my crying pillow. We can't we can't read it though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what what uh whatever what she posted. just wrote, I mean, read to us here was enough to I, I I'm I'm tearing up. So, did I did I hear a blatant lack of left-handed one-eyed Irish people? In there, yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, they've been othered now. Yeah. They're, uh, it's just, not very just, inclusive. Like like Sparrowhawk said, it's the, it's they're they eating their own and good for it. good good for them because, like you said, and like Rooster said, they're because the right is getting to the point where we're saying fuck you, mm-hmm. no apology, just fuck you, and and they're well, they're they're turning on themselves because they need to be outraged. They need to be outraged, and they need to get. They need to get that satisfaction, like I was talking about earlier, of cowing people. They need that. So that makes them feel good. If they don't get that, they they don't know what to do. Yeah, you just you can't surrender that way. So and and I'm you know what fuck her, because you know if she a three book deal that's huge, mm-hmm. and uh, she she'd have been I mean if it would have been well received I mean movie options all kinds of shit could have happened from that she could have been filthy rich off of this like J.K. Rowling I mean there's a chance for that. Uh, but no, she didn't give that all up be, because uh, someone's feelings were hurt and and they were they were fake outraged. But you know, she's. I think the part that's probably freaking her out the most is she's thinking, "I'm on your side," you know. Yeah, I'm so hard on your side. Yeah. That that I just I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I just get tired of this stuff. So. Yeah. Oh well, well. Uh, no more pathetic loser news that we want to discuss or anything? No, I think uh, I think that's probably going to be it. Okay. Well, uh, I uh, I hope that menace to society Roger Stone stays handcuffed. because uh, I mean, sh- no, not just ha- handcuffed, shackled. Yeah, because those... Uh, you know what would be the best, though? If they strutted him, ar- strutted him around in, like, um, stri- striped, like, prison wear, wear like the, or the orange, like, the jumpsuit. Well, I just hope those 27 fully armed FBI agents, you know, like a perp walk are safe, you know, from the 70 plus, you know, (laughs) non smartly dressed uh, elderly man. What they should do is force him to have dinner at the restaurant with the uh, 1930s uh, coal workers pictures around him. Oh, that's that's vicious. I can't believe you'd say something like that. That is outrageous. You are you are mocking their pain. Outrageous! I think we need to end there. Oh. I was going to thank you for being here, but now I just I can't. I feel I can't. dirty. Yeah. So I feel figuratively dirty, like a coal miner in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, uh, Sparrowhawk, for being here, along with uh, whoever will. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, bro. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for inviting us on. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, it's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. And if you don't want to get a hold of us, it's still that's still where you get a hold of us. Yeah. Uh, or we're on Facebook on Bread and Circuses Podcast. So look us up. See you, bye. <laughs>